welcome to the latest ianabernetti.com podcast. In this podcast, we'll be discussing the combative application of the Pinan series of Kata. As you've just heard, in this podcast, we're going to be discussing the combative application of the Pinan uh, Hian series of kata. We'll also discuss uh, some of the characteristics of those forms, and we'll talk a little bit about their background and their founder, um, Master Anko Itosu. So without further ado, let's get into the main uh, body of this month's podcast. So the, the Pinan Hian series are often among the first uh, kata taught in the majority of modern dojos. And I think this sometimes leads to them being viewed as um, introductory kata that are unreally suitable for children or um, lower grades. Um, however, it's my belief that the Pinans and Hians are grossly undervalued and they do in fact represent a coherent fighting system. And it's that viewpoint that we'll be looking at um, in this uh, this podcast. So the, the Pinan Katas were designed by uh, Anko Itosu, and Itosu was born in the Shuri region of Okinawa in the 1830s, and one of his students was uh, Gichin Funakoshi, the founder of Shotokan Karate. And in Funakoshi's book, uh, Karate Do Nyumon, he describes Itosu as being of average height with a huge chest that gave him the silhouette of a barrel. He also says that uh, Itosu possessed great physical strength, and in particular his grip strength was uh, said to be exceptional. One such tale of that is found in Karate Do My Way of Life, where Gichin Funakoshi tells us that uh, Itosu was once awoken from his sleep by some suspicious noises coming from the gate of his house. Uh, Itosu moved quietly towards the gate and realised that someone was attempting to pick the lock. It's said that uh, Itosu punched a hole in the door, but whether you want to believe that or not, I don't know, it's up to you, I guess. Uh, but anyway, he reached through and used his strong grip to restrain the would-be thief. And there's some other stories of his, his, his strength as well, um, his, his grip strength, one of which we can find in uh, Karate Do Newmon, which is another one of uh, Funakoshi's books. And in this book, Funakoshi tells us that one night Itosu was returning home from a, uh, a party uh, where he was attacked. And as part of the description of this, this, this fight, he says that um, um, Itosu's, uh, says the attacker's momentum carried his fist to the master's side. Itosu grabbed the wrist and tucked it neatly under his arm. Seized in this vice-like grip, capable of crushing green bamboo stalks, the man's arm went numb. And then it just goes on to say that eventually, this, uh, as the fight progressed, the attacker begged for his mercy and it, um, Itosu uh, let, him, uh, let him go. Um, so I find that quite interesting there. We've got a description of a, a fighting technique where the, the arm is, is pulled to the side of the um, opponent's body. And Funakoshi actually says that this was typical of Itosu. So we, we see this kind of like vice-like grip being used uh, to pull the opponent's arm to the side. I don't know if it was you know strong enough to crush green bamboo stalks. In fact, I'm pretty sure it wasn't, based on the fact that they use bamboo for scaffolding in some parts of the world. So, But I mean, the fact that said it shows you what a strong grip he has. And we can see that he used that that strong grip by trapping the opponent's arms by the side of his body. Now in uh, one of Funakoshi's early books um, he describes lists all the different hand techniques and tells you what they're all for and when he's talking about hikateer, the hand that's on the side of the body in kata, he says that um, here uh, the purpose, so he, I think he's inferring that it's got more than one use, but he's saying that here the use of hikateer um, is to twist the opponent's limbs so that they lean against the defender. 
So again, we can see this, this seizing and twisting of limbs. Um, and the way that I think that would be applied is if, if you, um, obviously you want to be proactive when you fight, you never want to be reactive or defensive. So as you start striking the opponent, um, it's very likely they're going to fling their arms up in a kind of flinch response, try and protect their head, especially if you've you know, struck them a few times. So in order to maintain the uh, the initiative, um, uh, to keep the advantage, you'd pull that limb out of the way to, so you can get your uh, your shots in. And by the sounds of it, Tosu was very effective at doing this. Very strong grip, um, and obviously that would have an effect. Um, and one other story that kind of bolts onto that one is um, there is a tale in Karate Do My Way of Life, again Funakoshi's book, where he tells of a, a fight that Itosu had got into with a, a group of youths. Um, and an eyewitness seeing this fight uh, shoots off to tell um, Izato what he's, he's seen. Now, Izato was, was a friend of Itosu's and also one of uh, Funakoshi's other teachers. And so halfway through telling this story, um, the eyewitness, Izato stops the eyewitness and says, yeah, and every single one of them was face down, weren't they? And the eyewitness, yeah, yeah you know, how, how do you know that? And he goes, Azato goes on to explain that a karate practitioner would never punch somebody from, the, um, sneak up behind somebody and punch them from the back. Uh, and in this, I think he's just, you know, he's emphasising that, you know, the punch wasn't from the rear. And he also says, you know, you would expect if someone is, is hit in the face, you know, you'd expect them to fall backwards. Um, but he says just something about the way Tosu punches. And he says, I would be very surprised if any of them uh, survive. Um, so that interests me, and it's it's one of these little details that kind of gets overlooked. So the guy who created the the, the pinan cutters, when he hit people, they often ended up face down on the ground. This was the norm, um, and you know he'd done sufficient, serious amount of damage in in achieving that. And I think again, it's down to this powerful grip that we know that he had. He, he, he hits, strikes somebody, pulls a limb down out of the way because he has such a strong grip when he grabs and twists this arm that the, it'll alter the body position the, sh the arm will pull on the shoulder this will cause the opponent to bend at the waist and twist just as Funakoshi described it would and then the strong downward strike is delivered this hits the opponent on the, the base of the skull knocks them unconscious and they fall face down now somebody else who wasn't as strong would pull that limb out of the way you'd deliver this strike and you'd probably knock them backwards but because Itosu is so strong when he grabs and pulls bang hits them on the back of the head the fall face down unconscious and we can see that there's, there's quite a few techniques in the the Pinano Hian series if you just take the the basic punch where you've got the hickety on the side of your body and the striking arms opposite your own center I think what we're seeing there is the arm being grabbed and pulled and the punch is actually to the head but because of the pull so strong because the opponent's head comes forward and it's now in line with your, uh, your center, especially if you're as strong as Mitosu um, um, was um, said, said to have been. Uh, there's also plenty of other techniques in the uh, the Pinan series too, where the opponent's body uh, position is disrupted, such that they are uh, you know bent at the waist, and then you get this strike uh, delivered downwards. And again, this is likely to to make them land face down. So we can conclude that uh, Itosu, through his natural strength, you know, pulling the opponent's limbs out of the way and hitting, they're going to fall face down, and through his technical preferences, the way he liked to fight, the techniques will disrupt posture so they end up uh, face down too. We know that that's the way he fought, so we should expect to see that in his kata, and you know, I believe that we uh, that we do. And if you want to pop onto the uh, the website and have a look on the articles page on the, the Pinan articles, you'll you'll see some examples of that, um, and the on DVD as well, you can you can see someone there as well. So aside from Itosu's uh, physical strength and his striking power, um, it's also said he could withstand strong blows himself. 
Uh, Funakoshi tells a tale of when uh, Itosu was attacked entering a restaurant in Naha. Um, and it's said that a strong young man sneaked up on Itosu and punched him as hard as he could. Blow had no effect, and Tosu grabs the, the arm of his attacker and, without even looking at his face, drags him inside the, the, the restaurant. Um, Tosu orders the waitress to bring some food and some wine, and then he takes a sip of the wine and looks at the terrified young man for the first time. Um, and Tosu tells him, Look, I don't recognise you and I've no idea what your grudge is, but you know, maybe we should have a sit down and talk about it. So we know Tosu was a strong, uh, able fighting man. Um, incredibly strong grip and he could withstand blows and that his punches had a habit of knocking people uh, um, or his fighting methods had a habit of knocking people unconscious face down and would expect to obviously see all of that having an influence on the katas that he created and the do when you look at the bunkai you can, you can see all those characteristics uh, within them so returning to the uh, the kata again then the, the word uh, pinan is made up of two ideograms and the original Okinawan pronunciation for the first ideogram is uh, pin where the Japanese pronounce it he so therefore that's where we get the two pronunciations of uh, uh, pinan and hian so wadaru and shitoru and practitioners uh, tend to favour the Okinawan pronunciation pinan where shotokan uh, tends to favour the pronunciation of, uh, of hian regardless of how it's pronounced the, uh, the word pinan means uh, peaceful mind now in Karate Do Kyohan, uh, Funakoshi, who was, we've established was a student of Itosu's, said that the name Pinan was chosen for this series because once these katas have been mastered, the karateka can be confident in their ability to defend themselves in most situations. And I believe that's true. The, the Pinan series are a coherent, logical fighting system um, that, that do cover everything you'd need for that kind of explosive close-range ex exchange you would um, associate with um, live, real-life conflict. Now, of the four uh, major styles of karate, Shotokan, Wadaru, Gojuru, and Shitoryu, uh, practiced throughout the world today, there's only Gojuru that doesn't practice the uh, the Pinan Katas. Uh, now, Itosu and uh, Higuana were the main teachers of Mabuni, who was the founder of Shitoryu. And indeed, the name uh, Shito is derived from the two from two of the characters used in the writing of uh, Itosu and Higuana. So that's why, obviously, you know, Itosu features in that line there, so that's why we see them in, uh, in Shitoryu. And along with uh, uh, Izato and uh, Matsumura, Itosu was one of the teachers of uh, Funakoshi, uh, the founder of Shotokan. So obviously they find their way into that family tree as well. Uh, Mabuni, Funakoshi and Motobu, who also studied under um, Itosu, uh, were the main karate teachers of, uh, of Azuka. Um, Azuka, of course, also studied um, uh, Jiu-Jitsu under Nakayama. Uh, but Itosu, uh, sorry, Azuka uh, received his uh, instruction in the Pinan Katas from both Mabuni and Funakoshi. So they, you know, they are very widely uh, practiced uh, practice kata, and as we mentioned earlier, they're often thought of as training methods for beginners or children, and therefore they're often undervalued by more experienced um, karateka. And one of the reasons for this, um, aside from the fact they're often taught early on, you know, but one of the reasons why uh, people may undervalue the pinans is they were um, they were established in the early kind of 1900s, which was around the same time that Itosu was also introducing karate onto the uh, the curriculum of, of Okinawan schools. Now, uh, some say the pinans are merely watered-down versions of advanced kata and were developed solely for uh, for children. Now, if this is, was the case, why did Itosu also teach the pinans to his adult students? And, and why did he choose a name which is related to the combative application of the katas if they have no combative function? 
as we've discussed, Pinan means tranquil mind, and according to Funakoshi, that was chosen because uh, if you learn these characters, you can be confident of your ability to defend yourself in most situations. So the very name is, is all about combat as, as, as well. You know, It was chosen because of the combative function of the forms. So I think it's far more likely that Itosu developed the Pinans over a period of time prior to the introduction of karate onto the Okinawan school system, and that it meant uh, for them to be a synthesis of his favourite methods. We can see techniques from... Um, Lots of, you know, Kashanku and Basai and Chinto, we can see techniques from them within the Pinans. So I think what all Itosu has done is taken his favourite methods and, and, and structured the, the, a, a teaching method around them. He's, 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 he's taken all his favourite things from the other forms and he's put them in a, a logical, coherent, structured way. And then obviously the, the cat has kind of record that, uh, that system that is, is, is derived there. Uh, so the main difference between the adults and the children's training, I, I think, would just be a matter of approach. Uh, the children would be taught just the solo forms without their applications, and they would perform the kata as a kind of group exercise. Whereas the adults would be taught the, you know, the fighting system that you know was associated with them. But unfortunately, obviously, as time has passed, it's been this children's approach that has become the most uh, widely practiced. This shifting emphasis has also had an effect on the the order in which uh, kat the katas are, are taught. Generally, nowadays, uh, pinan nidan, which calls nidan, you know, level two, that's a second. Uh, Kata, uh, but it's often the first one taught in most schools. And indeed, in Shotokan, they've had the, the good sense to uh, rename uh, what was Pinan uh, Chodan, the, obviously now is uh, Hian Nidan, and vice versa. They sort of swapped them over, um, the, the, the names over, so the names reflect the modern order of teaching. So, one, one thing that I've never seen really kind of addressed by anyone is, is well, wh why did, did Itosu then have the um, Shodan first? I mean, he must have had a reason for, for wanting them in that order originally. Uh, and I think it's because it's to do with the Bunkai. If a fight, you know, it progresses, it'll go through a series of stages, you know. You, um, you've got the pre-fight stuff, uh, and then obviously, you know, you've got the kind of exchange of limbs, and then, you know, you'll get grips established, and finally you'll kind of get grappling. Um, and obviously not every you know, fight will kind of progress in that way, but you know, it's obviously that a grip can't be established until, you know, kind of limbs start moving. And what we see is, I mean, if you look at the applications of Shodan, what it, it does is it learn, it teaches you to um, get limbs out of the way, to open the opponent up for striking, to, to disrupt, uh, disrupt posture, it's kind of fundamental things that you would, you would teach somebody when they were first learning to fight. Nidan starts to kind of build on that a little bit and shows you a, a bit more about kind of setting uh, datums, you know, gripping and striking, and then how to counter that um, if if someone gra grabs you. Sandan deals with like kind of fighting from a clinch, you know, throws, takedowns, locking, um, counters to techniques. You just see this progression through the techniques. If you look at the bunkai, you never see something taught until something. The, the simple version of the technique is always taught first. And then what you see is kind of, you know, new expressions of the kind of same concept late, later on. So that's why I think Shodan was originally first, because it's to do with the order in which a fight progresses and the order in which you would learn information. So what I Tosu didn't do, I don't think, is just get a series of techniques, throw them up in the air, and then say, all right, I'll shuffle them ones into Shodan, I'll shuffle these ones into Nidan. There's a logical order to them. Um, so, as I say, we have Shodan kind of dealing with the very, very basics, Nidan kind of building on that slightly, Sandan dealing with, okay, it, it, we're clinching now, it's, it's kind of fights progress beyond those stages, and Yodan and Godan are a, a kind of master class, if you like, which kind of uh, show well, what to do if the, the, 
basic methods what if this doesn't work um, um, how can you combine this with this is there any other ways in which this concept can be applied that we need to be aware of you know and, and that's that's the, the the way it kind of happens so they are a, a logical um, and coherent system for for fighting that's why i think the order was the order that it was and there's some evidence as well that um itosu would regularly teach the first three but would only occasionally go on to teach yodan and godan and i think the reasoning for this is the combative basics if you like the fundamentals are found in the first three kata um, so I think he's just saying, okay, guys, we're not moving on until we get the basics correct. When the basics are correct, then we'll kind of look at, you know, the counter moves, the different uh, progressions, um, transitions, and things. And obviously, it's difficult to kind of get that across on a, a podcast such as this. But if you, you were to check out the um, um, the articles page on the website, there's a series of articles there called uh, the Pirans as a Fighting System. If you have a look at those, you can see some examples of some techniques from there. And um, if you were to check out the uh, the DVD as well, the, the Pinan series DVD, you'll you'll see that on there too. You'll see the kind of techniques found in uh, in each uh, in each kata. The eureka moment for me was actually watching back uh, the draft of the first edit of the uh, Bunkajitsu One, the, my uh, DVD on the Pinan series, uh, where I noticed that there was this combative progression uh, going on. Start thinking along those lines, it just becomes so apparent that, that that's what's happening here. Uh, you can see that uh, basic versions of techniques or basic expressions of concepts are introduced early on and then later on in the series it, it kind of uh, develops them a little bit and kind of moves on and shows you ways in which uh, moves can be c uh, combined and um, addresses the what-ifs, you know, what if this technique that we've shown you earlier doesn't work, you know, what what if this happens, what if that happens? And For, for me, that's the reason why I, I, mean, I like the pinan so much, they just are so well structured. Uh, and if you progress through the kata in uh, learning the bunkai in the order of the kata, you, you learn things in the, the a progressive uh, way, uh, the correct way. Uh, you layer your skills, and then you do become like a, a well-rounded martial artist at the end of it. Um, and it's not just uh, within between the katas themselves. You see that within the kata. For example, if you think of uh, pinan shodan or hiyanidan, where you've got the uh, the three uh, knife hands, straight knife hands to start with. Now the fundamental job of the shutoki is to get limbs out of the way so you can strike into the neck with your forearm. So what we've got there is we have uh, two on the left and one on the right. It's simply because most people are uh, right-handed, therefore your opponent is likely to have his left arm forwards. When you throw your right hand punch in, he's going to cover that, he's going to close that off with his own uh, his own left hand. Uh, so I don't mean blocking there, I mean you, you get your punch in and that, that limb will kind of be, th be thrown up to kind of cover and protect his, his, his head. And so the, the, the knife hand clears, the backhand, if you like, the arm that's across the chest, clears the arm out of the way as the other one strikes in. And obviously it's a bit difficult to describe in the, a podcast such as this, but that, that's what its job is. And that's why you have two on the left and one on the right, because the most likely scenario is that um, it'll be the left side of the body that will be forwards, therefore the left arm that will come up, uh, because you punch with your right, therefore that'll be the arm you clear. So the cat goes... This is the way to clear limbs out of the way to strike. It's a fundamental basic skill. That's why it appears in Shodan. Here's, uh, here's how to do it on the left. That's the most likely scenario. You'll be clearing with your right hand, hitting with your left as the opponent closes off. 
Uh, then it shows it on the other side, because, okay, you know, you've got to learn to do it on both sides, but let's drill the most likely scenario most often. So, again, it returns to the left. Uh, what we then have, of course, is it, it turns round, and the camera then teaches you to do it at kind of 45 degrees, which effectively is, well, okay, you've got two arms, and you can go at the inside or outside of the opponent's arms, so there's your, your, your four angles, and depending on whether you're on the inside or outside, the angles give you certain advantages and um, certain things you can apply. So, But again, you'll see the cutter teaches it. The first thing it teaches is the most likely scenario, straighten on the left. Then it teaches it on the right, then it emphasises the need to drill the most likely scenario. It, the nukatea strike follows, which is actually kind of like a, a body bump or a takedown, which flows on from the uh, the, the, the shutukis. Uh, and then it says, okay, now that we've you've learned to do them straight, now let's bring in the footwork. Let's work at how you would apply those at angles. Let's you know, let's practice that. So even within the cattle themselves, we see um, uh, an order there. You know, you, you you teach one thing, and when the students got it, okay, the cattle teach something else. So they are the pinans are a, a really consistent well thought through uh, method of combat and I hope um, some of the things we've talked about in this, this podcast have, um, have helped to convince you of, of that fact. So it looks a little bit about the history, a little bit of uh, the guy that, that founded them and um, a little bit on my thoughts of uh, how they're structured in the, the way that they are and again if you want to know more then obviously you check out the, uh, the, the, the website, look at the articles section and with the free um, ebook as well, the application of the Pinan Hian Cutters, which you can download from uh, com. So I hope you found that um, useful, and um, as always, I'd welcome any feedback you'd care to give me um, at Ian, I A I N, at Ian Abernethy, Abernethy spelled A B E R N E T H Y dot com. So thanks once again for listening in, and I'll uh, I'll see you soon. Thanks very much now. Bye bye.